Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and you're not subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, turn on notifications. Helps us be able to reach a ton more people who are interested in diesel topics. And uh, we know as we're starting to head here into winter, one of the biggest topics is going to be how to do maintenance, preventative maintenance, to help winterize our vehicle and uh, you know get through the, the season. So today I'm going to be joined by Chris from AutoWorks Diesel. He works at a shop in New Jersey, and he's going to share with us some tips, some things he's learned over the several decades that he's been involved in the diesel industry and working in a diesel shop. So I'm really looking forward to the chat. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys that our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off code. If you use code DIESEL20 at kershaw.kiausa.com. It's 20% off site-wide. they got a ton of cool gear, whether you're looking for something for EDC or hunting or fishing at work, around the house, and really any budget that that uh, that you might have. So if you are really into knives and looking for a particular type of blade material or steel or different handle material, they got you covered. Or you just need something you can throw in a toolbox and uh, you know be able to use whenever you need it, they've got you covered there. All right, let's get to today's episode with Chris from AutoWorks and learning about some tips and things we can do to help winterize our diesel. Chris, we meet again on the Diesel Podcast. It's been a couple years i think since we chatted last but whenever i have maintenance questions or shop questions or what should i do with the truck question i always reach out to you so i appreciate you taking time today to chat with us and, and give us some tips for winterizing our diesel yeah it's uh it's been a minute as they like to say now these days <laughs> well i know for you know much of the country we're just right around the corner from getting into freezing temperatures and there's so many issues that you know can happen with fuel gelling or just you know trying to get maintenance parts or do things before you know it's snowing and it's just harder to work on stuff so i wanted to start out um really before we get into that is for any of our new listeners that maybe not maybe didn't catch your last episode tell us a bit about yourself autoworks diesel um you know what, what you guys specialize in how long you've been working on trucks um, well, I've been with AutoWorks Diesel now for, uh, we're approaching 27 years of business. I've been there since day one. Um, I have done everything from full engine overhauls to high performance to uh, electronic upgrades and diagnostics, uh, a whole lot of, uh, with the modern stuff, a whole lot of specialization in the electronics so yeah, we've uh, we've been there since since there was a there to be in. <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> I know maintenance. I, I kind of think about it two different ways. It is and I separate it between the older trucks and the newer ones. And you had mentioned the newer trucks there and the electronics. And if we start there, is maintenance vastly different between a newer diesel truck and an older one? Is it maybe harder or more finicky? on one of the two like a pre-07 versus you know something that's brand new now yeah there is a little more especially when you get into like the fords and the dodges where you're getting multiple fuel filters and you really want to stick with factory stuff you can't go for auto parts store stuff because you know it's just not quite there and then you get guys that get themselves in trouble with that 
where they'll suddenly be using junk filters and end up with fuel injection problems. And I mean, I did a, I did an article a couple of years ago for the turbo diesel register and it seemed like I just kept saying the same thing again and again and again, it's like fuel, fuel and oh yeah, fuel that too. Yeah. It seems like there's so much variance in between regions and cities and maybe even pump to pump what kind of fuel quality that you're getting. And then especially on the newer trucks where they're really, um, it's the fuel quality is so important. I know it is on the older ones too with lubricity, but you mentioned filters there and, and OE quality. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Because I think a lot of truck owners, you need a fuel filter and you think, oh, I'm going to stop at this, you know, brick and mortar and just pick up some fuel filter, give them my year make and model or going with something that the OEM uses. How important is that? So um, the, the factory obviously supplies you what the truck needs. And then you look at, the aftermarket stuff and you could open it up. You could look at the, the filter itself. You can see, especially uh, I'll give you even for instance, you know, the old seven threes, the uh, you can pick up a fuel filter at an auto parts store and it has a little cap attached to it, but that's a no, no on those trucks because you're supposed to use a filter. That's a changeable filter and reuse the factory cap. And there's problems with, how much the valve opens up on the standpipe to let fuel into the heads. And there's a bunch of things that go wrong with it. And that just is a trickle down effect that, you know, nobody quite gets it right except for the OEMs. And then it's a matter of if the auto parts store has it, well, who's making the filters for them? Is it a low quality filter? Does it have the right, um, the right microns that the truck specifically needs? Like Dodge has a, you know, up to 2012, they've got a certain micron rating and then 13 and later requires a, a different rating. And the filter on that engine is a little bit different. So you can fit the old one in, but from the factory, you're not supposed to. With, with, um, if we take a truck, say any of them that you've maybe have seen over your career, what are some bad things that can happen when a filter isn't used of the same quality? Like, will it just take out a fuel system? Has it ever resulted in needing a whole new engine? What are some of the things you've seen with it? Um, well, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, so I'll take it one at a time. Uh, yeah, I've had to replace fuel systems completely um, due to a filter getting overfilled. And then we had this one truck, and I think you even, when you were at the shop last time, you saw the melted piston on the counter. And uh, that came from a truck that went 100,000 miles on a factory fuel filter, never got it changed. And the uh, customer said that they were pulling a hill in the dark, and they saw this orange glow and thought something was coming up on them. And when they realized that was coming out their tailpipe, that was their piston. Wow. So, yes, uh, it, and it resulted in a, a total engine. So that was a Cummins engine. It, uh, it's one of those things I think it can be easy to overlook as far as, you know, owning a truck is just how crucial this stuff is, even, you know, just a filter. And I know we're going to get more into that. But you had mentioned, you know, what is available. And I think back to like the good old days of 2019 and prior, you could almost get anything you wanted whenever you wanted. Sometimes next day air, early morning delivery. 
Do you find a lot of these maintenance items are challenging to get or have a longer wait time than you've probably ever seen in your career? Absolutely. And here's the weird part is what we can get this week may not be available next week. And next week it might be brake components. So it's always an odd thing. I mean, we've had DEF shortages. We've had oil shortages, uh, filter shortages. Um, yeah. And then cast components, uh, aluminum components, certain companies that switched over during the pandemic to make medical supplies. And we lost the ability to get specific aluminum stuff. Yeah. I think that's where, when I was thinking of doing this episode where it all kind of converges and, and my main goal with doing the podcast is to help educate truck owners out there, give them, you know, information that can save them time or money or just headaches. And I think that just the difficulty and how kind of spotty supply can be is you might just go in for an oil change and maybe the filter isn't available or maybe the favorite oil that you know somebody's used to it it might take longer to get or you got to switch it or tons of other components i'm sure at the shop level and you guys seeing so many trucks and so many people you know calling and, and stopping by it's probably really challenging just to stay ahead of some of this routine maintenance so to speak that you know we do heading into winter and then into towing season and things like that yes absolutely um, we happen to keep a bulk of filters in stock at this point because we don't know where tomorrow is going to bring us. And sometimes it causes, you know, increases in costs that can't be thrown away. And, you know, sadly, it's a trickle down effect that you're seeing across the globe. And it's it's hitting us, too. And, you know, your oil prices and everything is is coming as a result of all that. Do you find that a lot of the the customers that you guys have are wanting to invest and maintain their trucks more than they used to, say, versus somebody who would trade in every two or three years, so they're constantly getting that new model, and maybe they might let some things slide, whereas now they're like, I might keep this truck another couple of years, or I'd like to you know, maybe stretch it out a little bit. Well, I can say this. The common thread with my customers has been recently... I don't want to spend $100,000 on a truck. What do they think they're selling a truck to? Doctors? And uh, that is that is making people invest more in the vehicles they have at and doing the right thing and trusting the right shop to do it. Because I also get a boatload of work that has been elsewhere first and has to get all redone too. So yes, it uh, it's, it's big on people, you know, investing in their vehicle's future especially if it's that that vehicle like these diesel trucks let's face it they don't go to the grocery store they're there to make money for the guy who's driving them it's very true and i think you know especially with the newer ones where they they have more emissions controls on them and temperatures and regens and things like that are incredibly important versus that 0459 or that lb7 or that 73 power stroke it, it's a bit different with how they need to be run and where they're designed or really designed to be used. And I've touched on that or guests have on, on previous podcasts, as far as, um, you know, working the new ones part or as they're intended can, can actually make them you know, run really well, but it's kind of that stop and go or going to the grocery store, not, not getting them up to the temperatures that they need to be can cause maintenance issues with, um, you know, some of the emission systems that are on it. So I can see how that, 
that is, uh, you know, really important factors into this. Oh yes, absolutely. And then there's the other thing is we, uh, we try to educate our customers when it comes around this time where the temperature's changing, where you're talking about temperature, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, we talk to our customers about filling their fuel tanks in the cold weather to allow less moisture to get in when the tank is down low, which is going to ch- get less water and fuel in the, you know, in the system. So, you know, the, fill, the, the fuller you fill your tank, the less chance you're going to have on getting water in the fuel. And obviously you're going to get sometimes a bad load of fuel. It happens to everybody, but that's where fuel additives come in too. And we do uh, a big job of promoting fuel additives Uh, at our shop. We happen to use Stanodyne. It's widely recognized. It's a good, clean additive. It provides lubricity and cold, uh, cold waxing protection and um, uh, mileage gain by Im- increasing the uh, cetane point. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a win-win when you use the additives and go with the recommendation of the shop. If the shop, if, if the shop like us is smart enough to tell people how to operate their vehicle to save their engine and fuel system, especially in the hard cold times. Say I had a, a truck, and I'm, I know it could vary a little bit whether it's a Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke, but I'm sure some of this will just generally apply to all of them. But say I stopped by the shop, I know I need to have an oil change, and I know I need to change the filter. And I walked in and said, hey guys, I need to do these two things, but I know you know it's going to start getting cold, it's going to be below freezing. What are some other things that I should do as I head into winter to be able to avoid any issues? What would you guys suggest to me? Well, obviously, fuel treatment is huge. You know, uh, I can't stress it enough that since 2006, when the when they took the sulfur out of the diesel fuel and things changed on the ULSD fuel, it also froze a lot faster. Um, I noticed it myself on my own vehicles. So taking a proactive treatment to the fuel with every tank fuel instead of every tank full instead of when oh only when it's cold out i'm gonna put that stuff in there i i religiously treat mine um throughout the year every tankful gets you know the minimum requirement and then in the winter you have to look at when it gets really cold out and if you're gonna get the vehicle up to temperature and drive it you know i i myself i gotta say i've been lucky and i've been cursed at the same time too i was up at a ski vacation and it got to minus 26 and fuel additive alone was not enough. And that's when you start hearing from some of the guys that live up in the great white North. It's like, you got to start mixing in like nine one one and fuel additive. And you got to think about how you're going to make the vehicle react for that. And you got to plan on going on a long trip and getting the fuel system to come up to temperature too, because no matter what, if the fuel doesn't warm up, it also has the, chance of waxing up no matter what happens to it yeah i could see that see that playing um just a major role and i think what you mentioned about fuel additives and maybe the tendency to just run it when it's going to be cold out versus making it part of your routine you know fill up whenever you're doing them is really important going through the season as well so you constantly have that protection or some of the qualities that a fuel additive can have Yes, sir. Um, Countless injection companies 
will tell you until they're blue in the face that using fuel additives make a difference. And you got guys like I got customers that have gone three, four, five hundred thousand miles without having to do a fuel system repair aside from a lift pump change. And those guys are the proof in the pudding that it works. I mean, my own truck, you know, as much as it's almost 20 years old and I really haven't gone far, I've gone 170,000 miles. But in that 170, I have not had to do a fuel system repair. I've played with the fuel system to make more power, but I've never had an injector knockout on me or a CP3 failure. And yours is a is it 03 or 04? 2003. 2003. So when and this is kind of for the older the guys who have the like the 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 older trucks um, and then running this newer fuel that that doesn't have the lubricity is would you credit the additives with helping maintain the CP3 injectors all that on trucks that were designed for a different kind of fuel lubricity fuel quality you know in that pre 2006 range 100 percent you know, it's it's kind of like taking the guys that were uh, running jet fuel in their diesels back in the day and they, without any additives, those guys were seeing all sorts of issues with their systems over time because they weren't getting the benefits that diesel fuel was giving them. It's heavier. And now this this lighter stuff is is ridiculous. It You have it in your hands and you feel it doesn't have any oily feeling to it, unlike diesel fuel had. When you used to get it, you know, back in the day, I used to put diesel fuel in my hands. It felt like I had oil on my hands. <laughs> and now it's like the stuff is like gasoline. It just dries up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that especially for those those pre-2007 trucks, they fight that a lot is just having the system designed around something else. And, you know, it, it's a different uh, a different blend now. And it's, it's harder. Now, after, you know, I'm there in the shop and we chat about you know, doing the scheduled maintenance, running a fuel additive. What are some other things that I maybe should look at doing if, um, you know, it, it's a truck I drive every day, maybe I tow with it every now and then, but should I start to think about maybe preventative stuff? Like, should I look at, um, you know, where I'm at for servicing like the transmission, um, the axles, it, it, you know, it's, does that kind of factor into some of the supply stuff too, where maybe you say, Hey, we've got some of this gear oil and you know, the, the transmission fluid that you need, but sometimes it's hit or miss. Sometimes we can't get it for a couple of weeks. Should look at doing it now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, absolutely. And I tell my customers too yearly, regardless of whether they're driving 30,000 miles in a year or 5,000 in a year, getting those fluids out there, especially like the transmission fluid, the, the front axle, the rear axle, the stuff that does not get really hot and doesn't have a way to get rid of moisture. You got to get that stuff changed out and get fresh fluid in there so that you don't get contamination and accelerated wear. Um, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't use clutches anymore. It's all in the gears. It's spider gears. And when you start to get corrosion that forms in there, there's not a lot that can get past it without causing an issue. 
So the faster you change out that fluid and get the junk out. And I mean, you know, we got customers that'll come in, we'll do it yearly. And the fluid comes out looking like milk after a year. So it's, you know, you're, you're in a humid com- environment, unlike Colorado, where it's arid. You know, we're very humid, sometimes approaching the high 80, 90 percent humidity. And that humidity gets in there. Yeah, that's a whole other set of, you know, when I think of maintenance here, it's it's so different. That's why I thought this episode would be great because we have listeners all over all over the United States and Canada where there's different sorts of environmental conditions. Um, humidity, how cold it does get, how much snow you get, where, you know, somebody in California, you know, I, I hope they're still listening, but they're like, well, it doesn't get below freezing where I'm at. But there's a lot of people in, you know, the Midwest, the Northeast and um, upper Midwest in Canada where they're dealing with this all the time. And that we, we see the questions come in around this time of year, you know, heading into November, um, where listeners will say, hey, do an episode about um, how to prevent my fuel gelling or, um, you know, other sorts of things that factor into just starting in the cold or, you know, not being stranded. And I'm sure you guys see it as well. You get a big snow and the phone's ringing off the hook with, you know, my truck won't start, my fuel's gelled. Can you guys look at it? So it's a great way to stay ahead of it. Oh, absolutely. It's actually like clockwork. We'll get that 20 degree day out of nowhere and the phone rings off the hook with a truck shut off, uh, barely running, smoking, doing all weird stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I think you might have frozen. Oh, absolutely not. Not me. And like, you know, I was that guy. And yet it bit me in the butt a few times because you got to line up a certain factors along with the weather. I mean, it comes down to like that time when I was up, uh, up on that vacation where it got that cold, right? It was, it was cold and then it got colder. And then I filled the truck up from a quarter tank. And then I drove it, but I really didn't drive it far enough. And I put an additive in, but since it never got up to a temperature where the additive could have worked, it didn't work in my to my advantage. So it, you know, it bit me and it bit me hard. And then the next morning I go outside and I'm trying to start the truck and I got a guy running the backhoe in the opposing property. And that thing's been running for a week because he never shut it off. <laughs> I just thought of a question with that is when a truck is brought in, and the fuel has gelled in it what's the process for cleaning it all up and getting it going does it i guess it would depend maybe how bad it is or how much moisture is in there but what process do you guys go through when when you're working on a truck like that so once a fuel creates the waxing point which is where gelling starts the filter is done so no matter what additives you put in That filter media is full of wax that does not go back into solution. So you change the filters out. You have to put an additive in that breaks up the ice that we call that ice, which is the wax in the fuel system. And you have to get the vehicle inside so that you get the fuel tank to come up to temperature. Anything else, you're just fighting it. It's like when I, you know, I didn't have that option when I was in the middle of a field And it was that cold. And I was changing filters like crazy and popping fuses. And eventually things went my way and I got home. But there was a moment there when I thought about like, "Mm, I think we might have to leave the truck here till June and fly home and come back and get it. (laughs) The, uh, I know a question that will come up from listeners is does 
preventative maintenance like this heading into winter vary whether you have a Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke? Are there different things that you look for or that, that a truck owner should look for based on what kind of engine they have? Or maybe it's even what year they have. Maybe it could all be a Cummins, but a 5.9 is going to be different than a newer 6.7 or a 2012. How much difference, if any, is there between your make and model and heading into winter and doing maintenance on it? Well, um, the newer the vehicle, obviously, the uh, smaller micron rating the uh, the fuel filters are rated at. And we all know that with a tighter micron rating, that's how much faster a fuel system will gel up if you've got a dirty filter. So how we go about it is we advise everybody when there's a weather change, no matter where you are, change the filter. It doesn't matter if you did one in August. You're coming into November, change the filter. It's small potatoes against a big fuel injection system repair. If a fuel injection system does not survive coming back from a freeze, because there's always the chance that something isn't happy when it comes back again, after it comes back from literally a a run out of fuel due to, because that's what it is. It's running out of fuel due to freezing. Does, I think this is, this is the part where, you know, if I was listening to this podcast and I had a newer truck and I was, you know, thinking about being proactive and, and protecting my fuel system is the cost of repairing a fuel system or replacing it. Um, not for any specific, you know, pricing, but how much kind of ballpark can it be if a situation like this leads to need needing to replace like a six, seven power stroke fuel system or a Cummins or, you know, an L5P or LML Duramax. They can get pricey real fast. It's not uncommon to see something go North of the 10 to $12,000 mark. If you have a total system failure, especially on a CP4 equipped vehicle, which we've got Dodge Ford and Chevy all playing in that pull that uh, bullpen right now. And, you know, CP4 takes a crap and everything gets destroyed afterwards. Not a cheap repair. And, um, you know, that that maintenance that could have gotten there, that was a little too much for them to do and wanted to skip it and catch on the next one and all that stuff. When it when now when you're faced with a, a repair that could be upwards of 12 to who knows, 13,000 depends on parts cost. It suddenly isn't worth skipping and coming back that next time around yeah or if you could even get it you know is, is there a national back order on something and you can't get it for a month or three months or unknown etas which i've heard you know i've heard about with different uh oem components it's it's uh it's frightening how long it could take to be able to get the parts to fix it yeah well well here here's here's what you got you got the the power strokes right now they're a hot one to be Short on fuel system components, you know, we have been lucky to get them when we needed them, but we had a couple that we waited around for a month, two months. Right now, they're, um, let's just take, uh, God forbid it happens, but right now, the 17 and up power stroke engine, Ford is sitting on a back order of around 16,000 units, which is, wow. they're, right now, they're putting an ETA on that of around next July. So imagine waiting for an engine that long. I think this is where, you know, when I think back of getting into diesels, I was so heavily focused on the performance side and 
the cool factor and doing what I, you know, wanted to do with a particular truck or I just wanted a nice daily driver. But I always kind of knew in the back of my mind, hey, if I want this lift pump, I can just order it and I'll get it really quick or I need this air intake kit or I need to do anything. I could get it super fast where now it's entirely different. And I, you know, we've probably never seen it like this, but just how much that can strain you know, getting a truck back on the road. And I've heard some stories from listeners where their trucks have been sitting for three or four months because they can't get um, the parts and it could be under warranty, under factory warranty. They just can't get it. And it's like anything you can do to try to help or prevent any sort of issues like that would be incredibly important right now. Absolutely. Cause you don't know where tomorrow's going to come from, you know, and, and then it, it's, it, then is the the rolling of the dice is which component's going to be the problem this week. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I got to say, I spend a considerable amount of time on the phone with the customers that are waiting for things on a weekly basis that don't understand that this is what, why are we having such a problem? And it's like, I, I don't like it. This is the new thing I've got to live with. And it trickles down to shop efficiency we have to constantly switch vehicles around and jump from job to job because we can't complete one thing at one shot waiting for things. That's a really good point to bring up. And and I'd like to chat a bit more about that because I know we have people um, who listen who are in this industry and they have a shop or they just started one. And that's a really important topic, I think, because I'm sure in years past, you know, when a customer would call and they were upset about something, it's because they didn't get their tracking number that night or that it was supposed to deliver, you know, Thursday at 10 a.m. and it didn't show up till four. And we as consumers, we got so used to how much like clockwork everything worked. So now, you know, you guys never had to deal with this to a large degree. I know there's always been kind of delays and things that would happen, but we have this massive kind of struggle to be able to get trucks fixed, move them around. You got, you know, a truck owner calling you that he's losing money per day because he doesn't have his truck. It it seems like it's just a major, major challenge. But what kind of things have you guys done to be able to weather it or be as successful as you can and help your customers as much as possible during this kind of unknown supply issue and just difficulty getting parts well the biggest thing is we're part of some of the biggest parts networks that you can be a part of having our certifications where they are having the the um, being on the bosch network which is huge because that's who's now supplying for everybody and that gives us a place in line that other people sometimes can't get because they're not on there as an authorized dealer and then on top of it it's a matter of just being reactive to the point of oh god we can't get this what are we going to do about it and maybe we can make a few phone calls and find somebody who has it and so far we've been extraordinarily lucky with that but there's a day that comes every so often that no matter how good you are eventually you end up you know, everybody's got to take a bite of that lousy sandwich every so often. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think that's an important uh, point that you made, though, is the business relationships and fostering those and working towards them is incredibly helpful, not just you know during normal times, but during something like this that you know, somebody who's new 
um, or, you know, just been in business a little bit. I'm sure they get inundated with calls for, you know, hey, you want to sign up with this business account or you want to sell, you know, my parts is really investing into building those strong relationships. So, you know, if somebody's worked with you for 27 years and you call up and say, hey, I'm in a I'm in a bind here. <laughs> Can you guys do anything? It's it, it's probably you know really helpful to be able to have those kind of relationships right now. It sure is. I mean, heck, you were my go to guy for uh, quite some time there. When I needed some every so often that thing that nobody can get. And it's like, uh, yeah, uh, I got one here. Do you guys want it? And it was nice having that relationship. And here we are. Look at this. We're a decade later and we're both still here talking to each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's really fascinating to uh, kind of cover it from different angles, you know, because way back then I didn't, you know, I think. I don't know if I remember the exact lead times, but they were, you know, it was a week, maybe 10, like 10 days was a long time to get something. And that was like building to order it where now I don't know if they can take two or three months or you were mentioning the Ford engines, you know, next July. It's like, that's unheard of to me. I remember people would get upset after a week or 10 days if there wasn't tracking and a delivery date scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a whole different world. And, it's like we almost have to reinvent how we do things on a daily or weekly basis because what we did last week is sometimes not anymore and we're moving into something different this time around and we've got to talk about if it's a repair that can be driven on before the stuff gets here we can get stuff ordered and have the guy come back or if it's got to be parked and he's got to rent a truck or do something else Take it out of the fleet for a while. I've got a national fleet company at my shop right now waiting for that engine that's going to supposedly come from Ford in July. Well, I hooked him up with an engine, which is coming a lot sooner. But, um, you know, and that's from yet another relationship. So it's a matter of who you are in the business and what what wake you tread when you tread it. And how many people hopefully you didn't upset when you sometimes <laughs> didn't get your stuff on time in the past how, how did you guys adapt to this because i think i think adapting is it's really hard in general and then when i think of trucks and maintenance and repair it's very process oriented with a diagnosis ordering parts scheduling allowing for you know the the, the work time or the build time on it, um, making sure everything's buttoned up, giving it back to the customer. And it's been like that for decades. And then all of a sudden now it's like, there's this major kind of wrench that's in the whole process of it. How hard was adapting to this kind of new normal of supply? Well, I'd like to say I'm the greatest <laughs> person at adapting, but <laughs> it, it's kind of like jumping into an ice cold pool. You just, Gotta gotta do it and you gotta hopefully make the right choice. And from experience, you know, you know, you know kind of sort of which places you gotta go first. And then you just deal with whichever way, whichever way that takes you, whatever door opens or closes on you in that way, you react to it and keep on going. And like I said, I wish I could say I'm a golden god, but <laughs> just a guy who puts his pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> What, um, as we kind of transition a little bit, you know, from that, whenever I want to know 
what's kind of coming up or, um, you know, what, uh, what I should look forward to or, or just, you know, keep in mind when it comes to diesel, I, I reach out to you and I say, you know, like, Hey, Chris, how, you know, how are things going? Or, um, you know, what are some things you're excited about as you look, you know, into like the next six months, are you seeing kind of the supply maybe get a little bit better? Are you seeing, um, you know, OE parts being a little bit better? Are they being worse or what's kind of the crystal ball of what you're seeing coming up that a truck owner should think about and say, Hey, listen to this episode. And, you know, they told me, um, you know, this is a challenge to get, or, um, you know, if I should do X, Y, Z, now's the time to do it. Yeah. I know it's kind of a tough question to answer, but you're kind of on the front lines of everything. You're seeing it from, you know, customers, parts, manufacturers, distributors, everything. So you're like the, you're like my point man whenever I got questions about diesel. Well, I can tell you that, yes, some stuff's getting easier to get. Um, for a while there, brake components were, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Um, we're finally starting to see that come around. A lot of companies that depleted their warehouses during the pandemic are finally starting to catch up. Um, I would love to see like radiators and intercoolers become a lot easier to get a hold of. But as those companies that switched over to make medical supplies come back in and start casting aluminum products for us, it will get better. So, yeah. What kind of, what kind of aluminum products does it affect? Cause I'm sure somebody's listening is going to be like, well, does that affect, um, you know, like what particular part might I have trouble finding right now that this would, that this would apply to me? Well, stuff we've had problems with were radiators, intercoolers, um, aluminum diff covers and transmission pans. Any place that really used any kind of a foundry to cast any kind of aluminum component, you know, there's only so many foundries. And when those foundries all decided that they were going to help people save lives instead of keep trucks hot rodding down the road, they affected everything. And, you know, and then that. And, and it came down to, honestly, anything that was cast, because even cast iron components were short in supply. And that may very well be what's going on with the Ford engines. But, you know, nobody wants to open their mouth and say what's going on. They're just saying, hey, the number is this much more now with no end in sight. Yeah, it's it's, it's really insightful to to chat about this. It's like I said before, you know, I always kind of focused on performance, but yeah, if my truck doesn't start, it doesn't start. And then I got a whole new set of problems and stresses on my plate. And I know a lot of listeners out there are kind of in the same position as they, they want to maintain what they have. Like I mentioned on another podcast, I was at a dealership just looking, I'm, I'm definitely not in the market for something new, but there was only two Duramaxes, two L5Ps on the lot. And one was over a hundred thousand. The other one was like 96 or 97. There's a red one and a silver one. That was it. And it's like, that is such a huge number. When you think of a diesel truck, you know, I, I don't want to ask you what you paid back in 2003 for yours. Mine was oh, definitely, mine was below 50 when it was brand new in 2008. And I just look at something double the price. I'm like, that is such a big jump. Maybe I'll keep what I have. Maybe I'll maintain it, invest a little money in it. It's uh well, I can tell you without giving an exact number, I paid a third of what people are paying now. Wow. And you know, and it was fully equipped, so yeah. it, I didn't take the uh, shortcuts. I went with everything, leather, you name it. If there was something that could vibrate my butt, I bought it. 
if there was only a time machine to go back in time, <laughs> there'd be a lot of people picking up, uh, picking up trucks at, uh, at that time. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I want to mention is, um, for anyone that's near you guys, or I know you guys get people from out of state that go there. If they want to stop by, call you, um, you know, maybe they're passing through town or something and, and just want to you know, say hello, check out the shop. How can people reach you guys or, or find you guys, whether it's on social media, calling, you know, messaging in, um, I know from when I was out there, gosh, it was almost 10 years ago and it, it, it was, it was such a cool visit to go there and see how efficiently you guys ran everything and how everything was done. It always I mean, stuck with me a decade later is, is that process. And, um, you know, I know it's always, it's tough for a truck owner to find a great shop. There can be lots of them out there, but you want to find the great ones. So I, I want to make it easy for people to be able to find you guys and, and, uh, Maybe message, maybe they got questions about this episode and want to ask you something. Sure thing. Well, um, the shop phone number is 973-226-7800. We're on Facebook and Instagram under AutoWorks Diesel. It's A-U-T-O-W-U-R-K-S-D-I-E-S-E-L. And the email to the shop is sales at autoworksdiesel.com. Cool. I appreciate your time today, Chris, and chatting with me and, and uh, always being that, that guy I could ask, hey, what's going on out there? Um, you know, what are some important things that uh, maybe I should be talking about or questions I should be asking um, really of the industry? So it's great to chat with you today, get some tips and info out there for our listeners so they could avoid those costly fuel system issues or being stranded and needing a tow and waiting on parts. So it was great to chat with you. Always a pleasure on my answer. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. Really appreciate our friends over there offering it to you guys. So if you're in the market looking for a knife for EDC or work or the outdoors, they've got you covered no matter what your budget is. Also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, Caleb, all of our supporters on Patreon, YouTube, podcast apps, Facebook, Instagram. We appreciate um, what you guys have done for us over the years with you know sharing ideas for episodes um you know letting us know things you want to hear about all of our discord members there's a ton of cool builds that are on discord if you're not on there you'll find a link down below for we're almost to 700 people on there which is really cool to be able to see what you guys are working on answer your questions and just you know be able to make sure you guys are getting the information that you want to hear until next time keep the shiny side up